Yes, everybody, it's that time of the week again, bitch. That's right. Welcome to another trashy episode of Old School, New School Comedy Podcast. And I am your shit-talking host, Cat Williams. Just kidding. Christy Miller. <laughs> and uh, I am very excited to have this guest this week. I'm, she's, I love her. I think she's funny. She's a new jack. She's part of the new school. And uh, I met her at a club called Comedy in Harlem and owned by Nikki Sunshine and Jamie Roberts, fantastic club. We did ladies night and you know what? And I was the white girl on the show and I live money, okay? Oh, and my opening joke was, you guys are looking at me going, who put the raisin in the potato salad? And that was my, you know, that was my way to break the ice. Cause they're like, why is this white girl here? Is she a cop? You know? Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I met her, she went on right before me and she blew me away. Fucking hilarious. And uh, she also won the Yas Queer Comedy Festival back in 2022. And uh, you're gonna see a lot of her in the future. And I wanna intro and introduce you guys to Marcy Smiles. Oh, Bob, thank you. Thank you so much, Christy, for having me. I appreciate it. No, I really, really do. No, I just think you're fantastic. Thank I, just, you. I was so happy to meet you that night. I'm like, okay, girl, yeah, yes. <laughs> I said the only lesbian comic I know that could talk about sucking dick the way a straight girl would. Like, it was so great. And, and, it, and it's amazing, and I'm glad you said that because I like to keep my options open. Hello. So that's the one thing about me. People, I don't know if people really fully understand me, but they want to put me in a box. Don't try to put me in a box. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm unboxable. Right. And, that, and that's just what my comedy is. Some nights I want to talk about vagina. Some nights I want to talk about dick. Yeah. It's it, whatever I feel. Because you got to remember, too, like, especially nowadays with all the, the labels and the and the pronouns and the inclusivity and the and the woke bitches and all that shit that they see. They like I, I had a, a talk with a, a young kid that I mentored, Dante Plush. Love him to death. Mm -hmm. And I said, Dante, how do you describe yourself? He goes, well, I'm a black gay comedian. He, him, Dante. And I said, no, you are Dante. Right. Who happens to be a black gay with pronouns he, him as a comic. Right. That's part of you. That's not you. You are Dante. You are a man. You are a full grown human being. Put you first. So, but being, you know, that you're a lesbian, I'm sure they like, oh, she's a lesbian comic. We're going to put her right in this box down here and leave her there because that's how we can process her exactly and and that's not that's not who i'm mm -mm, no -uh, no man i walk out my door i'm marcy yeah but my last my real last name is cornegay but i had to change that shit to smiles because every time i was going to shows they was mispronouncing that shit so i said I, i'm not gonna do this no more <laughs> i need a simple <laughs> last name and my sister said well you always make people smile so why don't you just make a smile so i said i said marcy smiles i said oh okay that, that shit gonna work i like yeah, that so that's why so and I said, if you misspell that, uh, I don't think you need to be opening, or, or, you know, at the mic for nobody. Yeah, you need to show yourself the dough, bitch. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Cornegay? My, my last name, yeah, my real last name is Cornegay. See, I got it right. So fuck all y'all hoes. Probably white people, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> Listen, I know my people. I know how fucked up we are. Plead the fifth. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell all the biz. I'll be Cat Williams and you can be Shay Shay. Oh, you be Shannon Sharp. Uh, last week, my girl, uh, Jess Miller, was on. She lives in Springfield, Mass. She's also a lesbian. Like She's my age. She's funny. She does a lot of charity stuff. And so she never heard of Cat Williams. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I turned, I said, okay, well, we're going to talk about Cat Williams, obviously. And we're going to talk about Dave Chappelle's new special, The Dreamer. Right. She goes, he has a special out? I said, yeah, because, you know, like Mother Teresa, you can't die on the same week as Princess Diana. (laughs) You get up stage. (laughs) Chappelle drops The Dreamer. Boom. Here comes Cat Williams a week later. No one even talks about Chappelle anymore. Right. And it's hilarious. I go, Cat Williams just princess died Chappelle. And she's laughing. So she got, so she watched the interview and watched the special just to be prepared for the show. And now she's obsessed with Cat Williams. Okay. She goes, how, thank you for introducing me. I've ne- how come I've never seen him? I said, well, you know, you run in that, you know, lesbian flannel, you know, butch truck, you know, that's, you know, it's not a Ford F-150, but it's a Ford F-149, right? Right. Well, <laughs> So very close, right? So I'm like, yeah, it's just you know, the cat's part of the crew I run with. You right. know, this is part of what I grew up in. You know, because of Paul Mooney and right and the Comedy Store and stuff. And and um and I was there for the in, the incarnation of Fat Tuesday when Guy started it, him and his brother Joe, and it started off this tiny little belly room show that blossomed into this huge phenomenon. Right. And so, um, so she got obsessed with them, and I was like, you know, it's just. What were we talking about? Oh, white people. <laughs> but it's just so funny because it's like, yeah, my people, we just mispronounce names all the time. It's, it's okay. But that's but that's why, that's actually why I got the, the smiles and I kept it. And I actually, I like it. It's got a nice ring to it. You know, it fits you. Yeah. Because you have such a cute face. Oh, You have a sweet you. smile. Thank you. I and you do fly up the room. Like when I see you come across my Instagram feed, I'm like, oh, there's Marcy. <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate that. The one thing I, I just, I just try to, you know, just, I think that's how I live my life anyway. I just, I kind of stay away from that stress. Stress, stress put wrinkles on you. Hello. You understand what I'm saying? So <laughs> let, leave me alone. I just want to keep smiling and laughing and making other people smile. So. Yeah. You know, I'm only 14 years old. That's stress. <laughs> oh, hold on. There we go. <laughs> That was cute. <laughs> Thank you, my delayed rim shot. <laughs> that was cute. But uh, no, but when I saw you at Comedy in Harlem, and I didn't realize you were only three years in the game. Like, yeah. you have it. Yeah. You have it. The funny thing is that, you know, I tell people, I say, yeah, you know, listen, May, and it's probably coming up. I started stand-up comedy right after the pandemic ended. Okay. The end of everything opened up. I said, you know what? This is something I want to do. I am going to do it. I started at... Uh, uh, comedy, uh, the the Brooklyn one in, in, in Brooklyn, Brooklyn Comedy House. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Started there. The old man hustle. There you go. Mm-hmm. Started there, and I haven't looked back because it feels like it feels like when I'm up there, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. It is. Um, a lot of people don't realize, though, I actually started doing skits. I, I, st- I did comedy skits uh, since 2018. Oh, okay. And I think that's when I started honing it. And maybe that's why it's, it comes out a little better on stage because I was actually writing. People don't realize doing skits is writing. It's writing. You have yeah. to you have to think of a skit. You have to write it. You have to put it together. You have and to edit it. You also have to put it together in your point of view. Exactly. And you have a, when you write a skit, 
you have a point of view already about the subject matter. Exactly. And that's what you're going to write. So that really helped pull out like the beginning of developing your voice. Yes. And I always tell people, you know, by 10 years is when you become your voice, like when you find your voice and hone it. Right. Like you figure out what your point of view is and what direction you're going to go. It's funny Maybe you say, 10 years. And it's funny you say voice because when, whenever people hear my voice and don't see my face, they say, oh, they, I sound like MC Light. Do, do you get that? Damn! <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, that's fun. Now that you say it, I'm like, okay, I hear a little MC light, but it didn't even cross my mind. And usually I'm the queen of pinning people to other people. That's what, that's what I get often for whatever reason. It's a compliment, though. I think so. She's gangster. She's, she's part of the old school. Part of the old she school. paved the way, man. And just keeps doing her thing. Keeps reinventing herself. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, yeah, MC, then DJ, yep. then announcer. Then yep. it's, yeah, it's she's they, amazing. Just, they just did something on her recently about uh, during the 50 years of hip hop right. anniversary and New York One of all places had her like did a thing on her and about the 50, you know, they talked about the Bronx and right. talked about the Queens and right. they talked about Brooklyn and they talked to, they had MC Lighter. I'm like, oh, look at yeah. Still killing it. Still killing it. Yeah. I yeah. love I loved MC Light when yeah. I was young. I'm a hip hop fan anyway, so yeah. Stop it. I really? Definitely. Hip hop. Hip hop. Old school hip hop. Not old, old school. Not none, none of this. Not none of this this junk they talking about uh, now. I, no. How about this? Unowned. I'm like, uh No. Cher no. did it first. Nah, hip hip hop. I'm Old, old, old school hip hop. L L L. Oh yeah, Sugar Ray. L L can get it. Oh, he can get it. L L can get it. L L, are you listening? You got two big bitches over here that will fucking ride them lips like the pony we never got for Christmas. You definitely get it. Oh, I gotta lick my lips too. Mama said, "Knock you out." How about Mama said, "Eat me out"? Is that a now? <laughs> but yes, old old school, mm. old school hip hop. Run DMC. Oh, the king. I mean, you know, obviously the the females, salt and pepper. Ah, my queens. You know, say Queen Latifah. Ah, you know, listen, I listen. Old school hip hop. That's yep. my favorite music. Yeah, like you know, I still. It's funny because like you know, sometimes when you're on the train and you're listening to music and you forget that you can hear through the headphones because that's right. the big beats. And I'm on the train going to a gig that doing a spot downtown and I'm jamming and like NWA's on my thing and I'm just like, you know, going in and this this black dude standing next to me is kinda of going, Right, right, because he looking at you like what's you know, what you know about this? <laughs> or I'm rocking too short, you know? Right. One of my favorites. Right. You know, and like people are like, What you know about this? <laughs> I'm like, I bitch, imagine. I was there. Okay, I can imagine you could like look. Oh, the looks I get, it's so funny because they look at me like, oh, she's a fifty something year old white woman. She's, you know, a certain, they already have that thing. She might be a Karen, you know, no, uh, I'm a Tanisha, honey. Hello. Oh, <laughs> oh no, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> but, you know, I love old school hip hop. I love, I love old, I love everything. I love old big band. I love jazz. I, I'm a real big blues. Okay. You know, fanatic, like hardcore blues fanatic, old heavy metal, you know, old rock and roll. Uh, you know anything pop i don't care it's like i just i love whatever mood i'm in right is what i'm into okay and then be like you know i'll be rocking out i'll be like chilling to betty levette and turn around and throw on some skid row right after that like it's a weird you know but it's yours it's mine that's it 
you know and it's just you know i love i love everything so but yeah old school and the more old school the better i don't like the new school hip-hop they all sound alike they all look alike they're all the kids today and, and, <laughs> they, and they're all talking about the same thing same dumbass shit drugs money, money sex. sex yep and more drugs and remember back in the day like sugar hill gang was like feel good you know right, of course old school hip-hop was feel good 80s was party time That's you know right. it was a whole party anthem it's about getting you up to dance it's about getting you up to feel good it's about, about loving people That's about right. raising each other up yeah. rocking out yeah, it was that was a good day. Those were days. All right, Ethan. <laughs> oh, jeez, over there, you. <laughs> yes, it was about. It basically is about a message, like you said, of, of upliftment. Right. Regardless, you were gonna get a message in the music. You know? Well, you were gonna leave feeling good. Right. You know, which is what which is what comedy does to people. Yep. Yeah. Like when I put my album out, I was like, "LL, don't call it a comeback." Get on the bitch. That's me. I don't <laughs> <laughs> like it's me, but so it's yeah. Like even like you know with comedy, like so you're three years in, but who who were your influences? Like what made you besides sketches? Like was there a particular comics? Were there, you know, uh, did you go see stand up? Did you listen to it? Did, well, you... I was I was always a fan of stand up and just always a fan of comedy. Period. It's a release. A release and I just like to laugh and I, I just always found this so cool how every comedian can make something funny but make it their own they're making it funny in their own way and I, and I always thought that that was interesting because that's their voice that they right. developed you develop a point of view you and I could talk about the same thing but we're two different people and we have right. two different voices so it's gonna come out different right exactly so um, I would say my inspiration, honestly, though, to actually get on stage mm -hmm. was Whoopi Goldberg. Queen. I got I to gotta give it to her hands down. Seeing that one woman special that she did with all of the different characters. Yep. And I Put think, the t-shirt on her head. <laughs> and I think that's what made me even more comfortable to say, I could do different characters. I can, the different characters I play in my skits, I play a grandmother, mm -hmm. I play a man where, where, yep. where I paint on a mustache yep. and, a, and a full goatee. Yep. You know, I play a bratty little girl. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I play myself and the grandma character is like similar to my mother. Oh, so cute. I got all kinds of, I play a Jamaican woman with a beard and with, with fake dreads. Like, I, I, it's like wherever my mind wants to go, I feel like be creative. Like people not don't understand that comedy is art and, and, and sometimes Thank you just you. need to express yourself. And I feel like expressing myself. I remember, and I never let my sister forget it. I remember I did one character, I believe it was the Jamaican woman. And she said, oh my God, you look so silly. You look silly. You're gonna put that out there yeah. for people to see? And yeah. I said, yeah. I said, yeah, because people are gonna laugh. And people are going to forget whatever their problems or whatever they're going through for that one minute video. Mm -hmm. They're gonna forget all of that. And they're going to be concentrating and laughing at me and saying, oh my God, no, she didn't. Mm -hmm. No, she didn't. And when you laugh and release that, dopamine and the endorphins it makes whatever is going on in your life the stress that much easier to deal with exactly and you know it's like that's why i tell people my act is so stupid i i basically my act is everybody's inside voice right you know i say things i have a freedom like mooney mooney one night i got off stage it was caroline's when i was opening for him every week and 
and it was, you know, Saturday nights were always sold out. Mm. I got off stage and I just ripped it. And he gets off. He used to watch me every night. He'd stand in the back of Caroline's and watch my set. Okay. Every night. And he goes, uh, oh, homie. Because they're going to want to lynch you, homie. <laughs> and I said, what? I go, what are you talking about? He goes, honey, you have a freedom up there that these motherfuckers don't have. Right. And they're going to kill you for it. Okay. <laughs> and he's like, mark my words. And he would always point, mark my words. And I'm like, all right. I go, I was like, oh, and I thought about it. And then I realized after a while, he's right. Right. He was so fucking right. That man knew everything. And he nailed it because they wanted to lynch me. They don't, they push me out of places because I'm a woman and white women that aren't a mess right. are not supposed to talk a certain way. It's okay for black women because a white man can handle when black women talk and get loud and crazy and fun. Okay. But when a white woman does it, it's like, no, you're not supposed to act like that. Wow, really? You're supposed to be subservient to the white man. So in a white, if I was big and fat and sloppy, they wouldn't care because it's not threatening to them because they don't want to fuck a big, fat, sloppy white bitch. Isn't that something? Yeah. So they want you, so basically you're saying it was okay for you to look their standards, but just don't say certain things. Yeah, just just keep, you know, talk about your period. You know, talk about your boyfriend. Talk about this. Talk about that. I'm like, no, I'm talking about you, bitch. You know, I, I call a spade a spade. I talk about whatever's happening. I talk about me. I throw me under the bus, which is really fun. I right. really love self-deprecation. It makes me laugh. And it also disarms the audience that, that like, hi, I'm not taking myself serious, so don't take me serious. And I just think of my act as like, it's a spa day. Right. Like you go into the club for 45 minutes and you get a break from all your shit for 45 minutes. And you know, it's like a relaxing. And that, that's that's honestly that's how I feel. I feel as if if you're you're gonna see me on stage, you're going to leave better than when you came in. Yep, that's how I feel. Yeah. And everywhere I go, I like to make people laugh, especially because I'm a white girl. And when you go to like stores in the city, not always white people working on there. Right. Know? Right. So they they see one thing, and I go in and I'm like, girl, or like whatever. I just try to make them laugh, and then they all fall out laughing, and then I they get love and mad love, and, and they, they take and good they, care of me. They're gonna remember that. Mm -hmm. They're gonna rem trust me. You come in that store again, they're going to be happy. They this hug you. me. Yeah. They love me. They hook me up with discounts. It's all. It's amazing. But I just. But for me, making you laugh makes me happy. Right. Because I know your job sucks. And you probably have a really shitty having a hard time. But right. if I can make you laugh for 10 seconds, maybe make that day that much easier. Exactly. And we'll be right back. <laughs> so uh, where are you playing lately? Like, where are you getting up at? So um, I'm a regular at Broadway uh, Comedy Club and Greenwich Village Comedy okay, Club. Good, I, good, I go good. between the two. Good. Um, I just did uh, three shows last night at Greenwich. Fantastic. Um, so I'm, I'm getting out there. I, st I do private, you know, <laughs> private comedy shows. I do private events. I have a Valentine's show coming up. Um, so, you know, that I was hired privately for, because again, people, now that people are getting to see me out more, now you have people that are giving functions and giving yep. private events. They say, oh, I remember her, I like her, I want her to perform on this show and stuff like that. So it's not necessarily always through, like say a club or a booker, but I'm getting gigs like here and there, but oh yeah, it's cool. It's really, it's really cool. I like the range. Yeah, well, the landscape has changed since COVID too. Mm -hmm. 
And since, you know, social media, then COVID really took it over the edge because now there's so many independent rooms right? and so many other ways. And a lot of the gatekeepers are losing footing because, you know, we don't need them anymore. Right. Except for the clubs here. Like, you know, it's still like I really don't play the city clubs anymore. Really? Yeah. I've aged out. How, how can you how can you age out of something if you're still funny? Because I've been in the game for so long. They think, oh, you're never going to make it. So we're not going to waste stage time on you. I've been told that. And it's, uh, yeah. Now, if I was only three years in, they would give me stage time because I still had a shot at making it because I'm only three years in. Like, oh, but you've been doing this 28 years and you haven't made it yet. Forget it. But see, excuse me, but see, I have a I have an issue right there because my thing is, Who's to, who's to say that you made it or not? At the end of the day, maybe being at clubs is just what I want to do. My level of making it and your level of making it could be two entirely mm-hmm. different things. Well, their level of making it is having, like, you know, 100,000 followers and headlining tours. That's what they think. So, because I don't have that, then, you know, because I'm still an unknown. I'm a very well-known unknown. So, I make my money on the road and doing private independent shows that uh, that that sucks yeah that's but that's the club scene now that's that's the landscape how many tiktok followers do you have is the first thing you hear how many followers do you have that's what you hear uh-huh i was told by a club booker who remained nameless and he knows who he is one of them uh you're too old you're done and he was the one that said if you haven't made it now you're never going to make it so we're not going to waste time booking you when we could book someone who might make it that's 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 honestly that's that's not i i, I don't know that's not cool because at the end of the day you talking to me listen I, I'm, I'm 53 i'm 52 now i'm giving myself another year i'm 52 yeah, years I'm old i'm 53 for that. <laughs> right you know i'm 52 so what is that to say to you know, me, but, I'm just, you know, but not, you're not 52 in comedy years. You're three years old in comedy years. They look at it as your age in comedy years. So my age in comedy years is 28. Okay. Okay. So you're only three years in. So yeah, you have a whole, like no one's seen you yet. You're still new. You're coming up. You could blow up. So, right. But see, my thing is, again, in those 28 years, Who's to say you raising a family, whatever issues you may have had going on, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Moving yeah. by being by. They don't care. They don't care. But that's some bullshit. I, I'm just going to keep it real. No, it I mean, is. Oh, honey. And who, hold who, up. And who, yeah, who are they to set that standard? Mm-hmm. I've been, my name's been painted on the comedy store for 24 years. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, I'm a, I am started in 1995 and I was one of Mitzi's children that she passed and raised. And that's, you know, that's how I got all my connection. That's how I, you know, met Mooney my first week there. That's how I met Andrew Dice Clay. That's how I met Joe Rogan. That's how I met everybody. And then they, I left. And then it was during the dark days of comedy. And then when there was like, it was really hard to get people out. And I left and came here. And when I left three, four years later, the comedy boom started hitting in LA. And if I had stayed, I could have rode that wave and done that. But I went to New York and was with Mooney for so long that I kind of pulled myself out of the circuit. Got you. And then when I went to go back to the clubs and start to, hey, can I, I want to showcase or can I get a spot? Here's, they said, oh, you open for Paul Mooney? Yeah, you're going to be too rough for our club. 
because he had such a reputation. Right. Of, you know, talking shit, telling people, like, basically what Cat Williams did. Right. And I used to yell at Moni, Moni, stop. Get the check first and then cuss him out. Right. Like, what are you doing? Get the money. Don't yell at him before they write the check. Right. Oh, homie, you know, I have to tell them what it is. It'll fuck them white devils. <laughs> Dying. I would have these screaming, laughing. But I go, honey, but cash that white devil money, honey. I know that's right. You know, wait for the white devil check to cash, then cuss them the fuck out. But he couldn't hold his tongue. He told he told you, you knew exactly who, where you stood with him. Right, you knew what you got. So and that's what I loved about him. He, exactly. gave me my, he gave me freedom. He gave me... He taught me, he showed me to be fearless. Right. Because he allowed me on his stage all those years to just be fearless. Exactly. And he goes, honey, if you can play my room, you can play any room in this country. And he's right. Right. There ain't a crowd that I go up that I can't bond with. Exactly. And, you know, his crowd is is diehard. They're right. intense. They were hardcore Mooney fans. Right. And then people said, how did you go from opening for Paul Mooney then going to open for Dice, I said, because it's the same pathology. Right. They're diehard Dice fans, and they're diehard Mooney fans. And I already know who the fuck I am, so my shit is crazy and out there that it's, you know, it's people. That's it? It's it's, it's still people. That's they like it. wild shit. So, right. And I, and I go for the jugular. And funny is funny. Yep. Don't matter what color you are. I know that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like someone said, you know, you play too many black rooms. I said, black people have money, too. <laughs> I said black people's laughs are just as nice, if not funnier, than white people's laughs. So I, I, and boy, do we like to spend it on fun. Hello. You all get dressed up and shit. Do you what? make a fucking night of it. White people, we go in our pajamas. And it's funny. We got rollers in our hair. We haven't even brushed our teeth. We just show up to church. And you motherfuckers got hats, dresses, cars, shoes, and purses. And let me tell you something. That is the damn truth all the way down to performing. When I perform in Broadway Comedy Club, Greenwich Comedy Club, I don't even iron my clothes. Child, last night, I wore the same jeans two times in the motherfucking row. Yes, you heard it from me. I wore the mm-hmm. same pants Friday night and Saturday night. Yep. And I know I'm going to Greenwich Village Comedy Club. Because it ain't shit. That's it. <laughs> now, but, but when I go when I go to Harlem, right? or when I go to an exclusive black club, I got to get dressed up. I got to make sure my hair's done. I got to make sure everything is nice. Like, I, I got to iron my clothes. Like, it's a big difference. It is a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, like I don't really dress up anymore when I go on stage because I'm all over the place. Right. Right. So I usually wear my workout clothes because it's comfortable. I have my Chuck Taylors on because I'm jumping around. I'm laying on the ground. I'm flying. You know what I mean? Like right. it's very. I used to dress up like when I opened for Mooney. I would dress nice. I wouldn't like. I, I was never slutty. I never. Right. Right. Because I there was times when I would it would be hot. It'd be summertime, so I'd have like on a tank top and pants, and I noticed the difference from the black women in the audience versus when I'm covered up. And I noticed it. I was like a weird psychology experiment for me. Especially, and the black men too. It didn't, it didn't even matter. If it was the, all the women and the men were like, it was a different thing because I was, you know, I was I was the white girl in a room of 400 people. Right. So, and I'm opening for Paul Mooney, who's known for racial comedy and, right. and calling a spade a spade and, and oh, the white man, oh, white white people, you know, this and that, right. whatever. You just being there was so a contradiction. Was like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Exactly. You know, and uh, he would tell them like I was his daughter. It was hilarious watching people's faces crack when they said, that's my dad. They're like, huh? It was hol- we used to get a kick out of it. So I noticed when I was covered up, I got more respect mm-hmm. and more love and the women didn't shut down on me. 
because and, and I remember one night this is so shady I am such a shady fucking bitch and I live for the shade so one night I'm on stage and it's packed you know and Caroline's had those long tables okay so the girl in the front and the her boyfriend you know in the front row there I walk on stage this bitch literally went ah. turns her back to me and the boyfriend's looking at her and looking up like watching the show and now you can see he's afraid to laugh and she's kind of like giving him that look with her arms crossed the whole time so I lean down behind her head she can't see me right the whole crowd can see me and I lean down right by her head and I said don't worry baby I'm not fat enough to fuck your boyfriend the whole club jumps out of their seat ah! cheering and stomping and laughing like roasted her and oh she was pissed but I won because you judged me bitch I'm gonna judge you right back ho I'm gonna throw it in your face was was she fat no oh but you know that the stigma of fat white women always fuck black guys right you know and I that's why I said honey I ain't fat enough to fuck your man and she that was crazy yeah and that's how I won and I won them over, and I was like, and that was that, that was one of the moments when I was like, I could hear Mooney, ah, ah, screaming in the back. But that was one of the moments with him and in my career when I literally felt that freedom. Okay. When I felt that those those chains and the and the bars opening and the and the, the straps and the belt and the and the handcuffs come off, and I was like, I am free. Right. Like, let it out. Just be funny and just be real. And from that moment, I was like towards the beginning when I first started opening for him out here. And from the beginning, from that moment on, I owned them. Mother- I just, that, those were the best nights of my life. I can imagine. I you can know. imagine. Ooh. Yeah, it was, I have a lot of stories from back then. <laughs> Goodness, wish I was you for a minute. Oh, stop. You don't want to be this. <laughs> Old washed up white woman. <laughs> never that, never that, never that. Oh my God, you are so fucking adorable. It's Thank just you. so funny. And uh, I'll tell you something else you probably didn't know about me. Oh, tell me. I'm a retired correction officer. Oh shit, see, now that I can see more than the MC light. You can see that? Yeah, that I can totally. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because you command a room. Okay. And when you command a room, that just shows kind of like a power, you know, like an internal power that you have with yourself. Not like anything dominating or mean or, you know, controlling, but just like you command a room. When you went on stage tonight, you were on, uh, this is how much I remember. I remember the other bitches. I just, (laughs) they were funny, but I don't remember them. But you went on right before me and you destroyed. Oh, I remember the little old lady too. She was hilarious. Oh my God. She was this little old lady. She's like 150 years old, and she went up and did time. She made me last talk. I remember that. Yeah, and yes. uh, I remember. Her, I remember. She had me dying, and you, I remember, because you had this energy, and you commanded the room. Okay. And I was like, she's she's got it. She's got it. And I I was like, okay, girl. Yeah. That's that's, that's amazing coming from somebody like you with all your experience and everything. But that that's how I can do. And comedy, that I'm not gonna lie, that I'm 
I even appreciate the fact that you even said that. I'm Aww. no, that's 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 just that, real. That makes me feel fucking hella good, like for real. No, it's but it's real. It's true. Wow. I don't bullshit people. I don't have time. Right. I'm old and tired, bitch. I'm. <laughs> I ain't got time to lie. It takes too much energy. I get hungry. Uh, you know? it, it really, the people, it does. It takes a lot of energy to lie. It yeah, does. It's so much work. And then you got to backtrack. You got to take notes. After you got to you gotta check the bullet, the, you know, the PowerPoint to make sure your lies line up. Exactly. Fuck that. I just, fuck you. I need this. I hate you. And then I tell you, I, bitch, fuck you. But, yeah, but that's, but now that you said that, maybe that is a little bit of where I get my stage present from. I never honestly related yeah. the two mm -hmm. but I just I just thought I would tell you that because I don't I don't think because again it's nothing that I really put out there because no. I, I I did 20 years a lot of people don't know I worked 20 years on Rikers Island wow and I worked uh 20 years with the men did the, did my name ever come up no it never came up right on. <laughs> <laughs> it was your name wasn't written on none of the walls the bathroom, or nothing. <laughs> son of a bitch I'm done. That's it. This podcast is over. No, I'm and whenever, whenever I tell somebody that, they say, "Oh, well, you don't have, you know, you don't have any jail material, or you don't do any jail jokes." And the only thing I can say to that is because it wasn't funny. Yeah, it, it just it's it just, not funny. It just wasn't funny. And at, at one point in your life, you'll find the funny. I think I think so, but it's not. But it's you're, not you're too early in your career, right? When you're about 15, 20 years in, you'll find the funny in that. I promise you. So when you're so gonna, when I'm in the nursing home, yep. I'll be like, "You're gonna yeah, work." Yep. This this is funny. Yep. Let me roll out of here. <laughs> get my wheel. Get my scooter. Get my rascal. We're going to the buffet, and then I'm telling jokes, bitch. Yeah. Fifteen years. Shit. Seventy-five years old. No, bitch. Would you flunk math? Fifteen years. Yeah. He's, and it'll be sixty-seven. Oh yeah, you you right. Yeah, I am. I, you trying to I, add I, all I, this I, extra time? I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have smoked. <laughs> well, now you know who to ask for some good shit. <laughs> I'm fucking around on some. Fifty-two and it's plus fifteen is a hundred and seventeen. That's some good weed, bitch. I don't even. I don't do nothing. I'm straight edge. And it's funny. I, I just said that, but I don't smoke. Okay, you don't either. No, I don't. I, I don't, don't like. I don't. I don't. I'm allergic to the smell. I don't smoke because I got asthma. Everybody, why you don't smoke? Because I got asthma, <laughs> and I would die. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? A lot of people. Again, I used to be an athlete. I I played uh uh, uh D1 basketball. I for was St. just John. gonna say you have to be a fucking D1 player. Yeah, yeah I played for St. John's University. Yeah, I was listening. I did sure. my thing back in the day. Oh, she had it going. Back in the day, <laughs> way, way back. Now she's telling all you bitches to suck her titties and eat her ass and crush him. And, and eat it and then listen and let y'all motherfuckers know I ain't shaving before you eat it either. <laughs> you gonna get that bush, yeah? Well, you need something to wipe your mouth off with. That too. And, <laughs> and on that note, I, I just, I fucking love you. You make me laugh so hard. And I'm just, I'm really happy I met you. I'm happy I met you too. And uh, you probably like this little white bitch. Who the fuck is she? <laughs> I'm not like, who are you? But you know what? I did say that, but it's like, and, and, and but when I saw you perform, it's like I didn't want to come up to you because people were saying, because I asked.
six people. Uh-huh. I said, well, who is that? That's funny <laughs> because I never see it. Right, yeah. So she, they was like, you don't know, that's Christy. And I felt stupid for not knowing you. Oh, no, but no, seriously. I no, I get it. stupid for not knowing you. So I was like, I kind of didn't want to approach you. But then I remember asking, can I take a picture with you? Do you remember that? Yeah, time? yeah. I said, can I? I was like, girl, hell yeah. I said, can I take a picture with you? Because I was like, oh my God. Because everybody was like, you know, that's Christy. Like, and they were looking at me like, bitch, you, you, how you don't know her? Huh? And I just was and like, I'm three years old. Fuck you. Like, hello. Like, I'm still on the nipple. Like, right? like, give me a break. You know what I'm saying? But no, but it was when I watched, I'm like, oh, shit, she's funny. Thank you. And I'm not going to lie. I think I prejudged you. And no, I, 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 I keep absolutely. Can I, can I be pleased? No, I love, I love being prejudged. It makes me, it, I okay, live so for it. I'm just going to keep it a hundred. Keep it a, keep it two hundred. Okay. I saw you when I saw you come in. I said, who this pretty white bitch? <laughs> Right? So I asked, it's funny, I asked, I said, um, I said, I looked at the fly, I took my phone out and I looked at the fly, I said, oh, she's performing. I said, oh, she ain't gonna be funny. She she into her, she into her looks and shit. So I could I, 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 I kept it, I couldn't wait for you. I couldn't wait for you to get on stage. So then when you got on and I, I watched, I purposely made sure that I was gonna, you know, sometimes you can, be distracted yes, with yeah, other shit going yeah. on that you don't watch a person. Other people no. distracted, they don't want to talk to you after your set. Exactly. I'm like, no, I'm going to watch her set. And I watched this. So oh, shit, she funny. She ain't just the pretty face. She fucking funny. <laughs> so I was just like, oh shit. So I just wanted to let you know that I, I, I did prejudge you. And I'm going to be, I'm going to keep it a hundred with you. I love when black women prejudge me. I think it's the, I love it so much. I can't like, cause I just, it makes me laugh. I I never get offended and I'm hard to offend. Okay. I'm really hard to offend because it's all love. I got a feeling you, you like that shock, that shock value, don't you? You get, you get off on that. I get off on because I look at people as people. Okay. Like we're like 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 I look at like when I meet especially like cause I, it, this is gonna sound so retarded. I love black women more than white women. Okay. Sometimes because black women allow me to be me, okay. and they don't judge. Same with gays. Right. They allow me to be me without judging me. Right. And sometimes in my folks, I have to put on a show. Okay. Or or hold back. And, and 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 ease myself into them. Okay. Not drop it. I can't just come in and be stupid because they're like, what the fuck's wrong with her? And then they close off and then I can't, you know what I mean? Like they, right. they, they, they will push you out of the circle before they let you in. Okay. And, um, but when I play like urban rooms, which I love because the love is so unconditional and it's so on the table, like it's so, we love you and there's no bullshit when we love, not, we love, not, we yeah, love you. you love hard yes and when you don't like me you tell me to my face you don't like me or we're not jiving right. and i always know where i stand right because white audiences and i used to make fun of them because i I, have, I draw a lot of black audience and i also draw a lot of white audience mm-hmm. and i love making fun of the white people when they sit there and <laughs> i'm like you judging me you fucking you know right i go black people don't give a shit and they will tell you at the table like i there was one night i was headlining a show and this whole table they were talking this bitch is funny as hell we love her oh my god i said this is what i love about black people they will tell their friends at the table how much they love you right in front of you right during your show they don't give a fuck because they're having fun that's right i go white people hold back they don't 
and, and they, they don't say anything. They, they're very uptight. Not, and not uptight in a negative way, but just like they're not, they don't have that freedom. Right. That I was telling you before, Mooney said he's gonna, they're going to want to lynch you because you have a freedom. Because Mooney allowed me, you know, and the urban rooms allowed me just to be stupid. Right. And I gravitate towards black women more than white women. Okay. And I don't look do it on purpose. It's just it's, just it's an energy. It's an energy okay. that I gravitate towards, and right. I always find more love and silliness. Like, you know, barbecue sounds so uptight, but cookout girl sounds like a good motherfucking time. Good. To the di- see the difference? It's yes. the same thing, but just the barbecue or the cookout, bitch. I'm going to the cookout. <laughs> you know, that sounds way more because it's always about what you're doing. You're cooking outside, right? Sure. It's like it's just. It's so stupid, but I mean, I, I love everybody. I don't give a shit. But I love when people prejudge me because I do look a certain way, mm-hmm. and they automatically assume she's on steroids, uh, she's you know uptight, she's a Karen, you know, she's this, she's that, and I love it because I don't like to prejudge people. I just like to let people because I gravitate off energy. I don't care what you look like. Right. So I judge people off their energy if they're a good person or a bad person. Like, right. oh, I don't not like their energy. It's really off. Or I love their energy. I'm going to cling to you. Right. I don't care. So, um, but I love when people prejudge me. And the fact that you, d- I just, I'm so happy right now. Like, it's so funny. Yeah. It just kills me. I love it. I, cause I really did. Yeah. I really did that night. But it makes me feel better because I earned you. Okay. Like, like I, I didn't, I just was me and be, me being me. You went, oh. She isn't like that. Not at all. She's cool as hell. As hell. Right? And, and, but that's amazing that because also, too, it shows that you were willing to accept me in and, and give me a shot. Almost definitely. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's the thing. It's like, you know, when I go do urban rooms, you guys give me a shot. Listen, it's funny you say that. I was hoping that you would take a picture with me. Like, I was already, you already had me once you, you fucking got off the stage. But then I was just like, I was kind of waiting in the cut for you to, you know, kind of come around. I didn't want to overbear you and crowd you, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, you know, like, you mind? And I know you probably was like, that big bitch sounding, sounding all small. Can I take a picture with you? Can you take a picture with me, please? I said, bitch, hell yeah. I'm like, hell motherfucking yeah. I was like, yes. Because I thought you were so funny and I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, she's so good. Like, I like to watch the show. Right, me too. See who's there because I'm such an old head and seeing the new Jacks, I got to learn who they are. Right. But I love when I, because I'm still a huge comedy fan. Yes. So when I go, when I'm on a show, if I'm closing a show or if I'm headlining, I like to watch the entire show because I like to watch the audience's reactions, but I also like to watch the comics. Yes. And it's just so fun to see people kill. And I'm like, yes, I don't like people that bomb in front of me. Mm -hmm. I get mad. Okay. And because it's more work for me to dig them out of a grave. Okay. You know, but if someone kills in front of me or just has a really great set and the crowd's warm and happy, it's less work for me. I could just go out and do my thing. Exactly. You know, and I don't believe in that putting a shitty comic on before me so I can look good. No, bitch, I'm going to look good either way. Either way. I'll look better because I picked a feature who crushes also. And then the audiences go, that was such a great show. So the next time they see my face, they know it's going to be a good show from beginning to end. Yes. So that's the way I do it. Okay. But I'm not insecure like some of these hoe bags is. <laughs> and on that note, I always love to wrap the show up with two questions. These are my two stupid questions, but... It's just, it's fun for me. And I love hearing people's uh, answers. And it also gives props to other people as well. So question one is, is there a bit, especially now that you're young, you're young in the game, so you're coming up, so you're seeing everything. 
Is there a comic uh, that's done a bit that made you go, God damn it, that's brilliant. I wish I had written that. And who was it? You know what? Um, I thought about this, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to give it to uh, Cherry Ann Trinidad. Okay. Now, and and the joke is simple, but I love it. So she says this joke. She says, um, every time I turn around, I'm paying a bill. So she says, so you know what I decided to do? Stop turning around. <laughs> this shit is it's, it's, it's simple, it's but it's simple, hilarious. But it's hilarious because it's like, who? Everybody is sick and tired of fucking paying bills. Like you understand what I'm saying? And everybody, and that's the natural. Every time I turn around, it's more of this. It's more bills. I'm paying this. I'm doing that. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I'm not gonna turn around. So I'm not gonna turn around. So that's the answer. Oh, Isn't that so? That's I, so I, funny. I, honestly, I had to. I had to give it up. To her. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cherry Ann Trinidad. Yes. Oh, well, we're shouting out to you, bitch. Yes, Cherry Ann Trinidad. Get it, girl. <laughs> and. Now, now that I know that you're a retired correction officer from Rikers Island or Staten Island, same thing. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm an old head. And also, you know, we sit around the green room telling stupid jokes to make each other laugh. And also, Paul Mooney used to close his shows with street jokes. And he would Mooneyize them. And he would destroy. When Mooney would go into street jokes, you knew he was wrapping up. Okay. So, do you have a go-to street joke that you like? You know what? Um, I, I honestly, I don't use street jokes in my sets. No one does. But... It is one. It's just it's stupid. I just I just like it. I just I, water uh, cooler shit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just, So it's like, um, I ask you, why why did the guy get fired, um, from the from the orange juice uh, store? I don't know. Because he couldn't concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> shit corny. But it, 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 you know what's so funny is I heard that joke as a blonde. Why did the blonde get fired from the orange juice? Because she couldn't concentrate. Oh, so they remixed it. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's, they remix everything. They remix everything. Yeah. Every joke has been recycled for... You know, these jokes are old street jokes from back in the day. Like, right. People call them dad jokes, call them street jokes, water cooler jokes. Yo mama jokes. Dude, I live for some yo mama shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. I am so happy you were here, Marcy. Thank you. I, I enjoyed this. I appreciate you having me. My pleasure. Tell everybody where they can find you on the socials, and if you have any gigs coming up you want to plug. Um, okay, so they can find me on Instagram at uh, Marcy, M-A-R-C-Y, uh, Smile602, and I, the 602, obviously, for my height. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, on, oh, on TikTok, I'm on TikTok at Laugh With Me 602, again. Okay. And, uh, oh, on Facebook, I'm Marcy, M-A-R-C-Y, with my real last name, Cornegay, which is spelled K-O-R-N-E-G-A-Y. She put the gay in Cornegay. Listen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're adorable. I love you so much. Thanks for being on here. And, again, thanks a lot for tuning into this really fun. I loved this episode so much. It was so much fun. And I got to hang out with Marcy, finally. And, uh... Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Old School New School Comedy, spelt with a K. And you can follow me at Christy Miller Comedy and also the YouTube channel and Apple. You find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Acast. And remember to like, follow, and 
share the show. We love you. See you next week.